This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. Um, a bit of a mixed bag of a week in terms of rugby league. Obviously, a lot of great things on the uh, field. It feels the- like it was the best week in about two years. <laughs> a lot of... <laughs> Sorry, lot of, sir. <laughs> yes. Well, no, I mean, Souths won, Brisbane won, and, of course, the team of the podcast won. Yeah. All three winners. You'd love to see that. Joey Lalu were enjoying his footy again. we love to see that. But uh, we're going to start with a pretty sad incident out of uh, Saturday's game between Newcastle and the Roosters. Uh, Roosters chugging along to a pretty routine win before disaster struck, and it looks as though that is the end of Brett Morris's career, Mitchell. Yeah, I don't know where to start or, or finish on that because we've, we've been long-term Morris boy fans, and I know most of the rugby league communities and the rugby league community listens to this podcast, uh, but I've always been on that wagon of like, they could play forever, couldn't understand why they couldn't find a deal until they went to the Roosters. And we all saw how well Brett was playing this year. It's so rare to see a, a two players, let alone brothers, whatever. They're so liked by all the community. Yeah. And the Roosters, they played Origin for the Blues. Despite all of that, it was an absolute league-wide tragedy on, on Saturday night. Like When they, when they show that footage of them crying together in the sheds like it hit me pretty hard and i'm not a roosters fan or someone that usually cries as a result of sport but man it it just sucked it just it just stinks yeah i don't um i don't know what to say like you said they got taken from and i so totally like i just believe in brett and josh i'm like oh they'll i just thought when it happened i'm like you know what brett might play again next year i don't care that he's almost 40 like ever he confirmed you know that's his, that's his last game. He's 34, by the way, 35 this year, turning 36 next year. But they just felt so invincible for so long. Those two brothers overcome obstacles many a time. Injury, one of them's playing without an MCL. Tragic. And uh, as as, he, as I think Josh said, it's like it felt like a death in the family because I guess, I guess mm. it was the death of his rugby league career and it was yeah. taken from them early. Uh, and we don't want to forget Lindsay Collins as well, also out for the season with a knee injury. The Roosters losing two damn good players in the space of about 10 minutes. Just dis- another disastrous week for injuries for them. Yeah, Lindsay Collins is one. He's at that time of his career. He's mid-20s. He's 25, 26. Really taking that leap to one of the week-to-week best props in the country. And, you know, may have started of origin for Queensland, but would have been in the origin team again. And that's a guy who probably wasn't a precipice of a payday of some sort. You really feel for those guys because, like, he's already spent so long toiling away, probably not on that much cash, that that day was probably coming, and this has probably taken that away from him for, for a little while. I know Christian Welch lost his big deal, if you remember, two years ago. I think it was Parramatta or somebody had given him a big deal, and he hurt his knee similar fashion mid-season, and he's having a good career now, and he's bounced back. But he probably never got the same money offered that he got offered at that point. So you feel for these dudes, like, especially – Guys, again, like like Lindsay, who spent forever coming through, and this is on the edge of opportunity for him that it's happened. Yeah, really, really sad stuff. And I mean, the injuries just keep piling up for the Roosters. That's now Jake Friend out for the season, and sorry, well, you know, retired, so out for the season. Brett Morris, Lindsay Collins season, Luke Keary out for a long period of time. Lachlan Lamb probably isn't getting back in the first grade anyway, but he's still on the sidelines for quite a while. Borg Cordner as well, and yet the Roosters keep rolling. They're in, they're in the top four still. Yeah, I. 
I feel like they've got all that. I won't say karma, but it's like balance. They had such good injury luck in key positions through that that winning the competition back to back, and you needed you need that to go back to back, obviously. And it's why I bet against them going back to the back of the full that season. It's like, oh, there's no way they can hit the finals and have their best side fit. And this year, things it looks like they're going to finish like fourth of it anyway, despite who they keep losing, just with how well coached and drilled they are. But it's also like Boy Cordner hasn't played, and there's just no word of him playing this year currently. It feels like he's not going to play this year either. <laughs> it's a it lot of players on the sideline. It doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't seem to matter. Angus Crichton's just, as I mean, I think, think in prison, you predicted that he'd become one of, if not the best rower, back yeah. rower, and he's, he's right up there. And Sam Walker, I mean, it's, it's just a piss take. It's like, fuck off. Like, you shouldn't be this good. It's not fair. Yeah, there's there's obviously levels in when you can cop and not cop young player hype. Yeah. But everything Sam will get said about him, you're like, yep, okay, just that's fine. You can say whatever you want because he's leaps and bounds the best 18 year old half I've seen. Like, because I'm making, I'm not saying the best prospect or best young half, I'm saying the best 18 year old half I've maybe ever yeah, seen. He's literally the best teenage playmaker since Tim Smith, who yes. had a 40 try assist season. Yeah. He's exceptional, and just the way the way he has such confidence to do things he does. I don't, you know, don't doubt a lot of young players with the talent to do things Sam Walker's doing. But to come in that situation at the Roosters and just do your thing and like kind of own that team, it's huge, man. And maybe he couldn't have done that when Luke Keery was fit. It's like, maybe maybe that's working out for them. But he's been just been amazing the whole way. Actually, I take it back. Chris Sandow debuted as a teenager as well. Yeah. So, but he's got he had four tries assists in that game. He's got twelve in five games. The only things that the takes people can calm down on are people calling for his, him to win the Dally M. <laughs> it's like, well, the on. way it works, I mean, I know. He, he only missed like, and the front runners lost all his points. So, yeah. but you know. come on. Yeah. And well, then, yeah, I mean, he could. Yeah. I don't he think could. it's far fetched. Yes. Yeah, so but I think it's a ridiculous concept that, it, you know, for the best player in the game, if you get me. But uh, it is that. And then also the classic John's brother thing. I would love to see the John's brothers actually get given the reins of a club. I would love to see it. Because it's another player they've called for a 10-year, $10 million contract for someone to do it. But that, if they were running a club, they'd be at the, about the 11th they've given out. Yeah. <laughs> so, they'd, be, they'd be $8 million over the salary cap with yeah. nine players signed up for next year. They've got, nine, they've got nine years left on Ash Taylor's deal they gave him, <laughs> which yeah. was a million dollars a year. And it's not to doubt Sam Walker. But yeah, those are ones a bit too far. But he's just been every little bit of that hype he deserves. And um, he doesn't seem to have... Any glaring faults in his game? He hasn't got a big boot, but they're getting away with it. No, uh, yeah, he's just come into that side and looked brilliant. And, and I suppose this—I I, I want people to remember Sam Walker. Actually, this doesn't really work because like idiots don't really listen to our show, so it's not these are it, this the people that need to hear this are not the people listening to this. But I want people to remember how good Sam Walker has been. The next time there's some young half who doesn't really do much debuting for a team or toiling away for a season or two and you just assume that that guy is going to be good eventually and i'm not going to name names but you know the types of players i'm talking about yeah remember this the next time there's a player like that okay because this is what it looks like when there's actually a young guy who could be the next great half in the game dominating yes. not the one you have to do the math on of going well if he keeps increasing at this rate of knots and getting better and then he gets his ceiling that i've the ceiling i've set that those things never exist if he ever hits that ceiling i've set for him then he could be one of the greats. 
I mean, we yeah. had we had members of the media saying they would take Kyle Flanagan at the same point of his career ahead of Cooper Cronk because he'd scored more points for Christ's sake. That's yep. the kind of take that this is the end. Yeah, of. that's that's the kind of or when Bob Fulton said Curtis Sirian would play five eight for Australia, like things like that. Those are the those are the types of players I want you to remember the next time you see a guy that's not quite as good as Sam Walker, but you assume he's gonna get good just because he's young. That's not how it works. Yeah. But like, Sam yeah. Walker, I think, is as, as close to a slam dunk as you can get. Or Selwyn Cobbo in Brisbane Reserve grade being called in the same offseason the next GI and the next Latrell Mitchell. Oh. He, I reckon GI might have had him done at like 13. He might have been what Selwyn Cobbo is now at 18 and 19, but it's like it's quite funny how Walker came through. We all knew the hype, but there wasn't much actually like, oh, this guy's the next. There was no next Andrew Johns or anything like that. Yeah. And then what yeah. a shock. He got to shock people when he when he when he popped on the scene and played like that. And I do want to straighten one thing out with the Brisbane stuff. Like, it's going to go on forever. It is. You can't escape it. But Broncos fans, it doesn't fucking matter the reason we lost him, okay? People trying to find X, Y reason, this reason, that reason. We lost him because we fucking sucked off the field. That's just it. It doesn't matter if it's like you can blame Seabold or White or Carl Morris. It's just all the same. It doesn't matter which reason it is. Move past it. Doesn't matter what anyone says. It happened. And that's it. That administration was terrible. Just lure him back with a 10-year deal, mate. Problem solved. Like he had no the only way players like him stay with clubs is that weird feeling of loyalty to that club when they're younger. If they stay, like he got offered the same money at both, for example. The only reason I'd pick the Broncos and what they are over the Roosters would be, oh, I'm tied to the Roosters. I'm Broncos. I feel like that. It's like Sam Walker has followed like his dad's around moving around the world when he was growing up. He's not really, he wasn't a Broncos fan. He, he was born in England, followed his dad, finished his career moving around countries. And then, you know, he was in Brisbane, obviously playing there, but he had no affinity to the club. And our club had treated the Walker brothers, like treated his dad and his uncle like shit. It's like, oh, what a shock. Their son has no, like has no loyalty feeling to Brisbane because even outside of like, they just wanted to sign Sam. The Walker brothers, they leave switch lost their link with Brisbane because of the Walker brothers. You think they're just going to be like, you know what, Sam, we fucking hate them, but they're the right club for you. I know they're last. I know they're last, but no. So yeah, move past it, people. It just it's gonna go forever. But I'm just saying, Broncos fans, every time you hear like, oh, I heard Seabolt said he's gonna be a fullback, that's why he left. It's like, no, it's not. It's because we sucked. <laughs> you know? I, I think that he should do the right thing and yeah. come back to the last place that all three of his brothers played at. And that's South. Hey, he could go there when he's washed up as well. Oh, as Walker Brothers do, Sad. they leave Brisbane and they go to the Roosters. I'm not going to have this because because Ben Walker kicked the winning field goal in the game where Souths beat the Roosters for the first time in like 15 years. Okay, so hmm. please don't respect their time at Souths. It was it was it was fine. All right. Um, speaking of the Broncos, uh, you did a bonus pod. People, if you're a Patreon listener, you can go listen to that. If you're not, what are you doing? Go to patreon.com forward slash general blue rookies. You can have a few minutes. I read six hours on the run sheet. Yeah. I mean, this man trying to limit my happiness. <laughs> I'm not trying to limit it. It's just that time is, time is a finite resource. So I'm as a flat circle, Bungard. We, ha- we could go God, on. that movie I- sucks. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I just want to No, say- wait. Can't stop. We've got to talk about Interstellar being bad for 15 minutes. Then we can go back to the Bronco. <laughs> God, I hate that movie. It was a bookshelf at the end of this game. Oh, well. The real time travel ingredient was love. Fantastic. <laughs> And that's what Kevy brought to the Broncos. Yep. And that's one um, so it was, this is a weird one for me, Bungard, because I've got so comatose and used to losing and not only winning, not even winning that well. 
that it was first hard for me to understand. It's like, wait, coming back from 22 points down, no matter how shit your team is, is actually a good win. You know, yes. it's like, like obviously being down 22 nil isn't a good thing, a thing good thing teams do, but it was the club record win. But it's, um, it has to start with Tyson Gamble. And I'm, I'm not trying to overhype him either, by the way. I've enjoyed that game. And it might be the only Tyson Gamble game we get. That might be it. That might be the best game of his career. But he'll have that game. And he can go to the pub and tell everyone about that time he got he got AJ Brimson Sinbin, then whatever. He had a fight with Jared Wallace, all that kind of stuff. That might be the only Tyson Gamble game. But it just showed that with this pack, with some of the talented outside backs, they really aren't that far away from being a competitive team with those talent there. Once that platform is laid and the halfback comes in, does his job and plays straight, finishes set smart, tries to control the scoreline once over ahead and does his job defensively, just simple things, the entire team looked 10 times better. And his composure when we were down 22 nil, that we was, we had a chance to win that game and his willingness to go to line and get hit and create space, all basics, all actually applying his trade in reserve grade, you know, developing a reserve grade, not developing in first grade. Huge difference to that side. And I know it's hard to expect him to do that week in, week out, but, you know, hopefully he can keep doing the basics like that. It was one of the most impressive, it's not a debut because he's already played three or four first grade games before it, but one of the most impressive Broncos breakout performances, I'll say, in a number of times, not from, not from like pure explosiveness or anything, but just the way he changed that side and the attitude of that side. They kind of just followed him once he got that Symbian and he was all fired up. The team followed him. And yeah, I could keep going on how he fixed the defensive shape was all changed as well. But just getting a half that played straight and was willing to go to the line, got hit. Just kick the thing band, long when you're up against it. Kick it long when you're up against it. And then a couple of times when they're leading at the end of the game, instead of trying to score, he kicked into the corner twice. And it's like, wait, hang on. You can, you're allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And he led the kick chase and def- defensively, I was almost most impressed, mate. He hit, hit forwards up high and I know he's a big fella. He's like six foot it's a three. a large lad. He is. He was hitting them high and holding the ball and slowing them down and waiting for another man. And he hit for feet one-on-one a couple of times. That's like better tackling technique than any other player at Brisbane because they're not very good defensively. But yeah, that was, that was really nice to see. And then on the back of that, like, you know, Sarko got some space and looked fantastic after being found out early and often <laughs> the first 20-odd minutes. But this Titans team, mate, we've been over it. It's like they're such a weird team. That, they like, have... Such yeah, they a just soft go, underbelly. They just go in runs, things for and against them. It goes like when that well, that first twenty minutes, they look like one of the best teams in the competition. Yeah, um, I I was d- discussing this with someone before the game. They they first of all said Dave Fafita was a top three player in the NRL, which I laughed at for several minutes, but then mm. couldn't understand why I would say that I'd take Payne Haas at my club ahead of Dave Fafita. And I basically just had to point them in the direction of the second half of the Rabbitohs game last week and basically the last hour of this game where it's fine when you're running downhill and you're one-on-one mm-hmm. with a halfback trying to score a try. But every time they're up against it in a tough game, in a slog, he's nowhere to be seen. Yeah, and that's not to say, as you said, you're not saying... No, everyone's got their roles. He's great. Yes, he's awesome. But he's not a top three player. That's what you're saying. No, exactly. give me Payne Haas over Dave Fafita any day of the week. And a lot of the good things they did in this game also came off the back of a really good Payne Haas run and they off the back of the play the ball off that. Whereas Fafita, I know Payne guys was talking all week at training about targeting. I and mean, he did. There was a couple of runs where Payne guys running and then changed direction. We're back at Fafita and hit him in D and, and Gamble did a good job locking him down in D. But from then on, Fafita was doing that shit when he was running, like running sideways a lot. And Brisbane playing physical enough that he wasn't throwing bodies off. 
and he was a bit worked in D that he wasn't like, you know, throwing guys around either. But then, he, like, that was also great in the game. Pangai was mouthing at him, was yelling at him, kick it again after he kicked it the fourth time. So, mate, <laughs> stop kicking grubbers. And I yeah. think I think that's something, as you said, it's really hard to avoid. Like, he's such a great talent. Most talented, you know, one of the most talented players in the competition, definitely. And that ball, I know when he runs the ball, you think almost any time he's in the opposition half, he might score. But I think that game's also a bit of a lesson for the Titans that they might have been better off not giving him the ball. They might have been better off using him as a decoy a few times. Make him run lines like an old traditional back rower does because he wasn't giving him anything when he got the ball in that game. It, it's, it's, tough. it's tough when you've only got a plan A. To it, 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 yeah. it stops working eventually. Yeah, I mean, it didn't I, really I, stop working at Souths, but it, it didn't work in this game because you're right. Pangai just had him every single time he got the ball. Yeah, just and, smashing. And I will say, I mean, you've been on that train since the start. Obviously, no one needs no everyone listens to show knows that. But he's been fantastic last two weeks, and no one's really talking about him at all. I, I feel like that if we'd seen a player have a performance like that for a Sydney club in oh, yeah. the past two weeks, then I'd, there'd be front back pages about it but no one's really talking about how good he's been in the last couple of games i don't know why but a lot of the media don't seem to like him as a player not like our good man chris gary obviously preaching the the lord's, oh, yeah. lord's gospel uh, he knows all about it but you'll like i remember last week watching the post game they were really hammering Pangai for the broncos right edge defense and it's like hang on mate he was the only one who did his job and the same in this game they mentioned it at one one or two times during the call about oh that right edge and Pangai. it's like what are you watching <laughs> whatever but i don't know he just doesn't seem to he got the hype when he was younger mm. and even in his new South Wales origin eligible i don't understand it either why it's not getting it but it looked good to see fans coming back around on how ridiculous they were last yeah. year when everyone was saying they didn't want him in his club yeah, he's firmly in the joey Lua ben hunt box of players who just will get yeah. criticized when they are bad That's and it. not praised when and they're good the last play we've got to touch on before we move past this i thought fogarty was decent but the same thing that happens and he's a massive cause of it too. Like Tyson Gamble came in for us and was able to swing the tie by playing composed, sensible footy and uh, uh, contribute to that. Ash Taylor in the same game is like the same as Day for Feeder. Like they're on the same edge and he was pretty good in that first 20 minutes. The rest of the game, it's like he could not have taken the right option maybe any of the times he had the ball from then on. There was even some times they were chasing and they were they had numbers at one point. I remember they were attacking it on the right. He had he had numbers and he threw a long ball. And I can't remember who the back roll was. Sorry, he threw a short ball. Sorry, he didn't have numbers. Over the top balls and he threw a short ball and the winger threw his hands in the air. And they're no, I'm wrong. Reverse. And at the end of the game, last set, they're chasing the score. They're chasing the game, right? Spreading on the minute left. And he gives he 40 up from the line, he gives Kevin Proctor a short ball for a, a crash ball tackle. And that mm. had an overlap. And Anthony Donnelly has a tantrum on the wing. So like, yeah, mate, can you do one one of the right options ever? Like, <laughs> I don't know what his future holds, mate. Like, I don't He's know. A if he, it's a strange one. I don't know if he resigns there or not, but yeah, disgraceful. But if you want more Broncos fapping, Patreon bonus podcast, Broncos yep. weekly, that all that jazz. Um, sad one here, uh, Manu Vadavai. I mean, this was a weird story because sad. Well, yeah, it is sad, but um, th- I mean, this is a story because this was around like I think maybe a year ago where like. It came out that a high-profile New Zealand athlete had been charged with uh, a string of uh, offences relating to possessing and supplying meth, um, and you could clearly see it was Manu Vadavai from the photos, where like his face was blurred out, and we all knew it was Manu Vadavai, but no one was able to say it was Manu Vadavai, but um, because it was a court suppression order, but that order I think was about to expire like tomorrow, so he's got out in front of it and made a Instagram video denying everything. So um, yeah, I don't know what. 
how much we can say about this. I mean, I've just been reading about it on like some New Zealand websites, but look, if Big Manu says he's innocent, then who are we to tell him <laughs> that he's not? Well, it's funny because when that first came out and his head was blurred, I did classic internet detective things and compared the oh, clothes. Oh, it took five minutes. It took five yeah, minutes. Yeah, to what he had on his Instagram. It's like, oh, that's his necklace. That's him. But then, then it, like a month ago or so, Joseph Parker was like high profile New Zealand atom, uh, athlete in methamphetamine ring. And I was like, oh shit, it wasn't Manu. Joseph Parker must have the same clothes and he looks like the same size. But yeah, now Joseph Parker, something went wrong with his warrant, so they can't get him. But now Manu's thing's ending. And I, again, we have no idea what he's done, but mate, if he's like importing, exporting methamphetamine a few years after playing, it's like, Jesus Christ, what has gone wrong there? He's also working as a real estate agent. Oh, that's what every extra league, league player does. It's like one of the three jobs. <laughs> I can just let him off. He scored some sick tries. He did. He did, mate. But all we can do the longest yard again. Wait, what if we... Pro. Can we get a gig as his defense counsel and we just show highlight <laughs> clips of him scoring sick tries and say nothing? <laughs> say nothing. Your Honor, look at that. Hey, hey. That's hey. pretty good. It is pretty cool, you know. And you know what's pretty fun sometimes? Methamphetamine. <laughs> Haste dismissed. Um... There's been a lot of chatter. Well, you could argue he was doing a mental health job for COVID, Bunga. People yeah. were locked inside. They weren't having fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's fun? When you're stuck at home? Meth. And, and Manu Vanavai highlights. Yeah, both. <laughs> Combine the two. Have yourself a great night in at an affordable price. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> promotion and relegation chat is back. And like most ideas in rugby league, it has been just shout out all over the table by people who've not thought about the ramifications or how it would work at all. So we missed talking about the conferences thing last week when we recorded, but I, I, I talked at the conference with some people. I'm like, what are they going to say next promotion and relegation? And it turns out, yes, I thought they wouldn't get that stupid, but the conferences thing, it's and the same symptom here. And the same with all the on-field changes, they're just trying to find that, easy miracle cure that costs the least amount of money to make the game more popular. And that's just not how it works. You don't grow without investment or actual expansion. It's like, Oh, we'll bring back the bears and Newtown again with promotion and relegation. Newtown's ceiling is exactly what they are right now, which is like a fun day out with your pals on a Saturday afternoon. To drink some craft beer and watch Greg Eastwood run around. Could you imagine That's the nightmare of having a professional rugby league game at that stadium? <laughs> How do people get there? Like, there's like a car park for like 50 cars. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, I just don't get it. And I know it's just so funny, mate. When I read the article, there was like, what it's going to solve, and it's going to solve bush footy issues. It's going to solve the issues. Bring back oh, yeah, the, the classic combined country team. Do you know how big the country is? There's a lot of it. Well, the people who say this have never been to the country, Bungard. So it's the same people that say Lycanov was the best place on earth and they sit in the air-conditioned press box and so don't have to worry about any of the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, the same people same that gl- glorify these up these clubs that never go to a Newtown Jets game. Yeah, let's have, like, let's have a team that represents like Grafton and Dubbo and, uh, I don't know, what's something down south? Griffith. Like That's all one team. That's a great idea. Yeah, why not? Fantastic. But it, it's the most concerning thing, mate, with all this stuff is that it keeps getting like tested in the press. Like, hey, what do you guys think of this dumb idea? No, oh, oh, you'll, oh, you, you guys, the internet's going to figure out the positives and negatives of this for us. And then it, the next year, it's like a, next week, it's a new one. Yeah. 
Like, what's next? What are we on now? Because we always think we can just take things from other sports and play bingo with their sports. Except jersey names and numbers, which is the one thing we should take. Uh, but anyway. That costs money to print jerseys, mate. Ah, yeah. See, there's a problem. It costs something. This one. So next week, they'll be like, what about the wildcard game again, guys? Hey, what about wildcard games? No? Okay. Oh, shit. But yeah, the promotion and relegation thing, like even some of the stuff they said, they're going on about how um how it's... The salary cap for the 14 teams at the top would be $10 million. Oh, this is the best part. The salary cap for the teams in reserve grade would be $4 million. <laughs> and now, if you got relegated, you'd simply fix it by loaning players. You can loan $6 million worth of players out. To who? No, no, I, I've solved the problem. You just swap rosters with the team that got promoted. There you go. Fixed. I like, did that's it. That's it. Uh, oh, my God. And it's just, it's so much focused on this. It's all about bringing back old Sydney Rugby League now, which nobody fucking goes to the games in the Cup anyway. Nobody wants it back, but these guys who sit in press boxes romanticizing, mate, you guys remember, how good was the Bears? No, they weren't even, like, if they were good, they'd still be around. Yeah, they would. And no one would go to the games, and no one would watch more games, all these ideas. Same with the conference thing, mate. It's like, what does it solve? Yeah. Um, look, I don't. I actually don't hate the conference idea for regular season. It but doesn't the solve idea, anything. It doesn't do anything. I don't. I'm not against it. If they did it, I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah. But like, I I would hate it for the finals. Like the idea that Souths could never play the Roosters in a grand final to me is fucked. Well, one of the articles I saw was some idiot trying to say, or there was like a classic Sydney centric moronic thinking. He's like, well, the Sydney final would matter more than the grand final. That's why it's a good thing. It's like when you're an idiot. You've never gone. You haven't been past Randwick in the last decade, have you? It's as far as you've gone <laughs> the rest of Sydney, but yeah, like that was I do. I, I don't against the as you said, conferences are a bit of a structural change, but they they already built in. They do do conferences. You know, Brisbane play the same teams twice every year. South do the mm. same thing as well. Yeah, that's just, what I don't know. That that doesn't like, and it wouldn't achieve what they think would have more interest, more viewers, whatever, whatever. It's like, hey. You want new eyeballs on the game? Put the game in new areas. Interesting. Nah, we'd, but what about the Heartlands? Like, the Western Australian bid fired up this week. To, like, have you guys just forgotten we exist? It's like, yeah, we have. It's like, <laughs> why would we want... <laughs> they fought like that. Like they, they, the leader of their bid's like, are you guys serious? Like, not one of these ideas is that, which is so true. Like, in this promotion relegation thing... There's like 10 dot points of why to be good. And three of them are the Bears, Newtown Jets, and Rugby League on the Central Coast. So it's everything within an hour's drive or so of each other. Great. That, you know, if you, if, you lived, if you lived in Newtown, how could you possibly get to another Rugby League game? It's just, in, it's just I don't know. It's just I mean, look, I've labored this point before, by the way, but also the transport structures around all of these places are shithouse. It takes me, by public transport, I live in Mascot. Yeah. It takes me the same amount of time to get to Leichhardt as it would to get to Bankwest. The same amount of time. Yeah. Because it's in the middle of fucking nowhere and it doesn't have anywhere, nowhere near a train line. And mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, the and worst Henson about- Park would be largely the same. So, And that conference thing, they weren't, no one, because they didn't actually put a proposal out there. So no one actually said what the conference structure was going to be. But I would have assumed it would have been two t- games against Team Joe Conference, one against the other conferences. It, yeah. But it was so, again, it was so built from that sent idea of like, let's build it for Sydney first and figure the rest out later. And it's like, you know, things like Brisbane, it doesn't change much for Brisbane. Newcastle though. Newcastle and Canberra, what the fuck? Yeah, they get screwed. <laughs> it's like, 
Oh, I have to. We just we're in a state. Really also, Newcastle's biggest though. rivals are Manly, and so who they very rarely get to play now. No, great. Well, not, yeah, no. Most of the rivals wouldn't they not be the Sydney-based teams? Yeah. Isn't there a whole Novocastrian thing against Sydney kind of mentality, all that kind of shit? But yeah, apparently, same with Can- and Canberra is probably what the Dragons, probably or the Storm, yeah. actually. No, sorry, it's now the Titans. Oh, and okay. we've decided for yep. the Knights. It's the second Warriors. New Zealand team. Oh, okay, the other good. one, the, the new one, the, the Southern Orcas. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, <laughs> oh, what are you trying to solve? That's what I don't get. And it's always idea one line idea out first, and then say what fans say. It's just terrible management. And it's like I don't know who thinks this much change as quick was ever a good idea. But Todd Greenberg, when he was in charge, tried to make sensible, thought out decisions over time with data and proof, and did studies all that kind of stuff, and that just got shat on. Nerd. <laughs> yeah, I know, got shat on. It's like how about we just sit, get drunk at the pub, call up Manu Vatavai, and come up with some ideas. Yep. Well, <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ridiculous. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, it's it's solving a problem that doesn't exist. I know the thing about putting it in, in the bush as well. It's like, who is that for? Yeah. What? Like uh, the saying "bush league" exists for a reason, because it's bush league. I um, I, I had to laugh at that proposal that apparently said that this conference system would result in there being like 20 games of 30,000 people in attendance. I'm like, you know, these teams play each other now, right? Oh my like, you're, you're you know, my Blake Solly. Oh. You know, I can already like look at the matchups between the, like, you think a Sharks Penrith game is getting 30,000 people to it. Do you? Yeah. yeah. It's like the Blake Solly said, these, these are the 15 games that will draw, could draw 30 to 40,000. And they're all Sydney matchups or whatever, for some reason, despite like him in Brisbane, like when they play Brisbane, there's great crowds for Christ's sake. Yeah. But 13 of those games are happening this year. <laughs> and then I, I remember thinking like, if you look back, there is through, t- there is ebbs and flows through time in rugby league. And there is times where you like when South and Roosters was really jamming in 2014, like 60,000 at that stadium playing for the minor premiership. That was sick. Yeah. Most of those games, no one goes to. It's true. And like, even through the history of like when Bulldogs and Parramatta are really good, like there's some times there, and those are two of the teams have bigger fan bases. Even you go back through the history of when they're really good, both at the same time, they're still going to get like 25,000 to their games. Um, I, and I love the logic uh, talking about how all these games are going to draw 30,000 whilst also simultaneously the same people are advocating for more games at stadiums that don't hold that many people. Yeah. But they'll be, well, well, whatever. That's 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 problems. I want solutions. Yeah, but who wants 30,000 bank quests where you can have 17,000 like, crammed into Leichhardt with 14,000 like, not being able to see anything? So in 2005, the Bulldogs and Parramatta, right? Both really good. Yes. Oh, yeah. Parramatta yeah. lost the prelim. They did. Uh, they're two games that year, 24,000 and 20,000. Okay. And then when they suck, they get like thirteen or 14,000. And then the finals, they get big crowds, but like they were both good at the same time there. And if you go back even like well into the 80s when they were both good, hey, here's a shock bung guard. 15 to 20,000 at the games. Yeah, not shocked at it's all. Like, it's just the same thing over time. It's like that's Sydney. And that's an issue, by the way. I know we're rambling on a bit much now, but that conferencing, they're trying to solve the issue of people in Sydney not going to games. That's an issue for everything in Sydney. Yeah, I also don't NRL. care. No, well, they went to uh, like, like that's another thing. Like in like what was it like in like two thousand and one or something? A long time ago, they went to doing the draw for broadcasters in our youth, away from doing the draw for, for crowd attendances. You can't have both. If you care about crowds, South and Roosters play at two p.m. on a Sunday, but they don't. Yeah, they don't. They play on Thursday or Friday night at eight p.m. every single time they play each other. Well, 
Brisbane were begging for Sunday games for the crowds for themselves. They keep getting weak Fridays. They get attendances. They want to get 40,000 on a Sunday. They don't get it because they're not allowed it. They don't care about those crowds. You can't have both those things. They don't coexist. This and not every I, game can be played I'm worried Sunday people afternoon. don't understand. And again, not people listen to the show, but I'm worried that people don't understand how well this sport rates yeah. and how many people watch it on television because they're just obsessed with these a million little things to try and fix crowd numbers, which in the grand scheme of things just don't matter. They don't. They're not going up. They're just not. You know how do you get people more people in the stadium? Make it fun to go. Yeah, you charge less for it. Or how about you like restructure all of Sydney and make it easy to get to the stadiums? That too. But it's like um, you make it fun, charge less for it. The, we're not gonna we're not gonna ever be like the AFL. The two oh. stadiums in Melbourne that all the teams play at are in the middle of the city. They're both very easy to get to. It's a sport that lends itself to going to the games because you can't see all the action on television. And it's mm-hmm. just beaten into them from an early age that like it, it's a tribalistic thing that just it just doesn't exist in rugby league. It just doesn't. And it never will. And I, and I want to argue that too, by the way. When I keep hearing tribalism is dead, it's dead for you old goddamn fools who don't leave the press box. You have no fucking clue what you're talking about because tribalism is alive and well in the modern day and age on the fucking internet, mate. It exists because it's not where you think it, where it was. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You go on the internet screaming at each other at a pub. Yeah, it exists. It is still there. It is alive and well. This podcast is proof of it with our fan bases and our Discord and, and whatever. Twitter's a proof of it. It's still, it's still alive. It's not dead. People are tribal about their teams. I hate that dumb thing. Tribalism yeah. is dead. It is not dead. Yep, I agree. Oh, well, uh, let's hope the silly idea doesn't go for the ground. Yeah, but mate, oh, by, by the way, the other, the other week had 900 people at the game. Like, yeah. And they also, but they also had a game that got more than the NRL game did. But it's like, who cares? Because yeah. like forty thousand people but, watched it on television. But so. who, ca- yeah, who cares about crowds? Like, really? Not me. It feels like an argument from like inter- internet forums in like two thousand and five. It, it honestly does, doesn't it? Oh, Shades of and Roosters fans started to say they had the most fans because they counted the Anzac Day clash in their crowd average every year. Good times. Yeah. Oh, Mitchell, when's the last time you shaved that quarantine bush in your pants? <laughs> Support for NRL boom rookies is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best. In men's below-the-waist grooming, Manscaped offer precision engine tools for your family jewels. They are trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Uh, they've just launched in Australia. Uh, and for those who've gone years without using the right tools for the job, you can be one of the first to experience their life-changing products here in Australia. Uh, they've redesigned the electric trimmer. The engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trim ever and just released the new improved lawnmower 3.0. Features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean, premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. Uh, the waterproof technology lets you do it in the shower, and it's got LED lights as well. It's all a lot of fun. 7,000 RPM motor. That's a lot of that's a lot of R's per M. Uh, and let's not forget about the charging stand. <laughs> Show your motor off loud and proud, because nothing will nothing screams alpha male than more than someone looking in your bathroom and saying, "Yeah, that's right, shave my dick." So, um, yeah. If you're listening to me speak right now, what you experience firsthand for yourself, trim that junk yours, get 20% off free shipping and free shipping with the code BOOMROOKIES at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Yeah, and uh, just to, more backup. Everyone liked M. Sprouse's uh, guest appearance last week. She actually bought one for herself and her father. Yep. So M and Emmett Sprouse both <laughs> used promo codes BOOMROOKIES at manscaped.com. Great deal they got. Yeah. Both got Family kids. deal. Family deal. Yeah, we're going to get yeah. her to put the logo on one of those as well. <laughs> you know, stick our logo yep. on there. But great family. They actually have those. They have the the, the father-daughter pack on there, <laughs> I believe, somewhere. They do not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, again, we said it last time. 
the promo codes do stack. I think we had, I won't name actually. Someone saved 150 bucks. Well, yeah, another person on Discord, it was like 300 bucks they were buying. And the original deal, they got like 120 off. And then we, they got the additional 20% off on top of that from from our, from that promo code, which is awesome. So go get some gear. Yeah. And do us do us a favor and get some gear too. You're helping us out if you get gear. Yep. Um, I just wrote in the run sheet, we should probably talk about the Parramatta Eels. Do we have to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, yeah. Look, um, they are. They are. They, I know they only beat the Bulldogs. But they're but, beating everyone, Mitchell. They're beating the everyone. That game. This is the, um, so this is not the game that probably deserves the raps. No, it's not. But, you know, we're doing it. So they can just accept yeah. it. So my preseason prediction of this had to be there was going to be a good team that fell to shit and crumbled away. And I, and I picked Parramatta. That's obviously the Raiders I meant to say. I meant to say that, but uh, I did not. Uh, but, yeah, Parramatta just, I mean, I don't know if, again, if they're redlining early and they'll hit the playoffs or finals. God, I can't believe I said playoffs. And it'll change for them, but they just look exceptional every week. And guys, Isaiah Papali is just everything right about that team at the moment. It's how physical in your in your face he is. But yeah, it's good. And Pap- Madison came back and played the full eighty as well, which is good for them. And Sean Lane played half the game, but like Papali and Madison, that's a great back row combination for them now when they're, they're fully fit. Yeah, I think they're great. Um, Papali, we nailed that signing of the year. Um, I loved the. Um... The graph today comparing his stats with Kane Evans' stats. It, I think it's the most disparity in one of those charts I've, I've ever seen with two players. Um, what's that Twitter account called again? I forget. Uh, it's, it's rugby league. It's a league eye test, and he did a, uh, a spider ch- uh, chart comparing the two there and uh, all the per game averages. And yeah, it wasn't great. And yeah, Papali'i, I know sometimes players need to change the scenery to, to kick on and similar, but yeah, I don't, no one knew what they were doing there. Like Warriors fans are pretty steaming about letting him go as well. I don't know again why more clubs didn't want him. Immediately awesome, and just every week he seems to get better. Still, like just exceptional player. He, he, he had a try assist again and two line break assists in this game, even if he didn't score as a back rower. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, yeah. Overall, they're just playing really well. I think, and, and look, I know people, and it, we said this before, but you can't really get over the knock on them, which is what they can't do it later in the year because I mean we're just not going to know until we get to later in the year, but. Moses and Gutherson are both playing fantastically right now. I think all the all the bit part players are doing their jobs as well. They just look like a well-oiled machine right now. Yeah, and guys like Moses have done pretty well to ignore their off-field speculation. It, it, it has affected him in the past with his performance and when he's talking contracts. He's done well to ignore that, and, he, and he's playing quite well. Nia Kore in the centers is still, is still doing his thing. Wanga Blake has to come back who knows where. But even Bryce Cartwright, you know, two games in a row now, has played the best footy he's played since his Penrith days. So, yeah, yep, there's something in the so. water out there now. He's done. He's doing his job well oh, still, Brad Arthur is. Someone dug up an old prediction from like five years ago. So I can't remember who it was from, but saying that Sean Lane and Bryce Cartwright were the two best forward prospects in the league. Maybe, Maybe it's Revere, true in 2021. Yeah, Maybe it's true. Uh, Sean Lane still stinks. For, yeah, uh, not great. But two decent games in a row from, from Cartwright. But yeah, just a good team. And guys like, you know, Reid Marnie, you know, it's been eight weeks of this form. It's no longer a blip on the radar. He's he's good. Yeah, he's real good. Um, Yeah, uh, but I think I think you said this a couple of weeks ago. He's destined to just be the Jake friend. Yeah, it's, he's just, yeah, he hasn't got dynamic. He's not dynamic enough to get an origin gig unless Grant's out. We'll it's unfortunate see, but, for him. But yeah, and also the, on the other side of this coin, mate, is the Dragons returning to the to the norm. They beat yeah. the Eels as maybe you know, people like, oh, maybe they're good. 
Well, we were supposed to, we were about to do a bonus pod saying we were sorry we were wrong about the dragons, but we ran it. We just didn't have time to do it. And we, then we realized reason. we were right about them. That's yeah, it was great. Do. We just didn't have to because then we got proven correct. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that is the next game I want to talk about. We said this the other week about Brody Jones when we forgot that he'd played like 10 games beforehand when we said how good is young fellas scoring on debut. Yeah. But um, Zach Sini was on debut and the, <laughs> and the punters got rowdy at Wynn Stadium when he went over. Yeah, that was um, one of those games. It was great to see the boys tries on debut with the fellas is always great. It's always great. And the boys went nuts when he scored, but he had, a, again, a fantastic debut for them. Dragons just, what, after like 20 minutes, they started well, but after like 20 minutes, you're like, geez, they're done. They lost Zach Lomax 18 minutes into, which, was, which wasn't great for them. But yes, the intensity is kind of going away from them. They're looking a bit more clunkier in attack. And the Tigers, you know, they broke the line, what, like seven or eight times in this game and only scored They should have won by points. more. My they should have won by heaps. I mean, like Dane Laurie and Adam Dewey, what, they combined for like two or three line breaks themselves. They're both amazing. But on the Matt Duffy somehow made some one-on-one tackles at the back to stop them. On the back of those play the balls, Luke Brooks, Luke Brooks and fucked it all up. <laughs> they should have scored many more tries. And speaking of the bad options from Ash Taylor earlier, Luke Brooks might be, the worst option taker any half in the league, mate. Like, and that's when people point out, you know what? His stats aren't that bad though. Try assists or whatever. And he's still got a try in this game. It's like, well, it's because we don't take assists away when he blows tries. Cause he'd be negative. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, the number of times you'd see him just throw the wrong pass or die with ball in hand or kick it dead. Just so frustrating. Well, at the one, one of the breaks that Laurie made in the first half, Dufty got him. There was numbers on the left. Quick, could quick, Quick clean play, the ball went to Luke Brooks. He ran to the left, stopped, and then just gave an inside ball back into someone over their head, and they caught and got tackled. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? What are you stopping for? <laughs> Go to the line. And he did it again in the second half, but actually threw a pass, but it was big, lofty pass to the left as well. And mate, when there's numbers, you don't need the big loopy passes, mate. No. Four short passes, there's your answer. When you've got when you've got a four and four and three, four and two, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um happy for the team of the podcast though. And happy for your yeah. man Joseph BJ Leilua. Yeah, he had a good game and he, he scored his try and he ran over through Jack Bird, so that was nice to see. But yeah, they made some good changes to the team this week. Like Luke Garner back on the edge, Joe O back in the middle where they belong. Tama and Twall there. I really hate how they opened the game too, by the way. The first like twenty minutes, the whole offense is trying to like barge those guys over. Who've combined? What do they combine for? It's like twenty-something tries in four hundred and sixty games. Alex Twall's never scored. They're not getting barge over tries. But yeah, it was good for the team of pod to get a win. And you can see there is like that. That's what we've been saying. Even when Simon's in the preview when he joined us this year, there is talent in this roster. That's what's so frustrating about it. There is Dane Laurie. There is Adam Dewey playing like he did. There is Luch. There is an okay pack. Yep, frustrating. Um, but Luke, if I was a Tigers fan, I'd be. I would never want to say Luke Brooks play for us again, though. Honestly, well, what do you do? Who play? Who you? Who comes into the halves? Jock Madden. Okay, he's, he's killing New Wales Cup, but I know it's still a big step up, and he's still young. And you don't rule his development either. But like Luke Brooks is a handbrake on this side. Get him out of the way. Ouch, tough up there. Um, South one again. That's pretty good. Um, just uh, dominant. <laughs> a, a semblance of uh. 
revenge for that 2019 debacle doesn't obviously doesn't make up for it, but was nice to get a win down there against a team that we never beat. Um, thought they played really well again. Um, thought once again, Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds were great. Forwards were awesome. Uh, we Keon Colomatungi on the edge is just taken to it like we knew he would. Uh, the the issue though, Mitchell, is that like the entire team is now injured or suspended for the game against Melbourne this week. Yeah, I mean, if what missing Walker, Walker, right. Mansour, Paul, sorry, not Walker, Paulo, Mitchell, yeah. Mansour, so, uh, Munster, Reynolds, Murray, Murray, and Graham. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon yeah. Burns could be back though. That's cool. He got through reserve grade on okay last week, so that's nice for him. Yeah, but where does he play? Center back row. Like, I know there's a talk of him going to back row, mm. so I guess he comes in the centers. But uh, I think he'd probably play center or wing. Yeah, um, it's not good. It's not. And, but, uh, Still got Cody Walker and Tom Burgess, so we'll be I mean, right. you, you can you can handle a loss, but yeah, this game was. I mean, again, they just hum. And Keon Kolomatangi is kicking on leaps and bounds. Yeah. Raiders, ugh, just no. Oh, they were robbed though, because two tries that have been uh, like the two clearest no tries of all time in a game that you got smashed in, and Souths were not even trying anymore in the last few minutes. Both got rightfully disallowed. So, of course, Old Mate had something to complain about afterwards. There's been some howlers, obviously, over time this year. There has been. Those were not them. Just because Howard and I hit the deck doesn't mean he, they didn't break the rules. Yeah. They ran around behind the guy. Because if that's fine, then what well, you can just start hitting the deck now if you obstruct I, someone. I tried to explain this to someone during the week who just wouldn't have it. They wouldn't have it when I was like, mate, they're black and white rules for a reason. Because if you remember, 10 years ago, there yeah. were arguments about obstructions in every single bloody game. So the NRL said, right, fuck it. If you run behind your own man or if you stop in a line as a decoy runner, that's it. It's yeah. a penalty. And and in, in that cut. instance, Andrew Johns, like, yeah, these both he, he even him, like those guys love winning. They both go out to pet, you know, no try. And the first one, like Benji, yes, he milked it. And and so what? Like, if you don't milk things, by the way, if you don't milk things, you can be Corey Oates who gets elbowed in the back of the head after scoring. You don't get an eight-point try because you just got up and celebrated. You know, you milk things because you don't get your just reward without it, unfortunately. That's why that's all in gamesmanship and all sporting games like that. You have to do that stuff or it gets ignored. And yeah, yeah but the guy, it wasn't the guy who played the ball. If he was a man who played the ball, it's fine. But Gula didn't fo- go through the line. He stopped in the line. And just because the ball came back in field and people... Oh, but where's he supposed to go? Through the, the line, line. or backwards. Fun. That's it's his two fun. options. Not in the line. He stayed in the line. He he was a lazy line he ran. He barely ran. He jogged and stopped. It's on no one but him. Not the refs. Yeah. Not and on the Benji. second one. The entire South team stopped before White never got close to scoring because... Yeah, they knew. Yeah. Um, Benji Marshall called someone a dumb cunt, which was great. I didn't hear that. He called Jordan Rapana a fucking dumb cunt. That's good. Yeah, it was. Get him, Benji. Imagine being called that by like the most widely respected man in the league, probably. Can't feel good. <laughs> yeah, the, the Raiders, mate, like... I don't, like We already said the last couple of weeks, I don't know where to go from here for them, but... Joshua Parley is now come out like not even enjoying life in general now. So who knows he's, if he's playing. Got Joe Tarpanay's misses on Instagram bagging Ricky Stewart. Just seems got, like it's yeah. not happy times down there. You've got there. George Williams, who is... Um... We get Campo on like right now, actually. This seems like a good time for <laughs> Dial him in. Well, George yeah. Williams... Call him up. Boy, about... dickhead. How's your grand final prediction going? <laughs> Can't lose from here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, George Williams, like homesick now to go back to England, apparently. Yeah. Trade him for Aiden Caesar straight up. 
Yeah, I mean, if you want, I mean, you think a Palm Beach home losing in a shit, cold shithole, but <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought, I thought, but he wasn't going to England. But yeah, no, by the way, no surprise, Aiden Caesar has been killing Super League. Yeah, who'd have thought? But yeah, it's just there's just something wrong down there now. And we know Ricky's been a really good coach with Canberra, but it, over over the years, when he's hit adversity and things, this they get a couple of losses or whatever. He just doesn't handle it very well, mate. Yeah, old Ricky's back. Bitch about everything. Bitch, and the the people thinking set race starts are the same as penalties are wrong. Bitch about penalty count. He, not that he has a point, but they're not the same thing. People, he's like, oh, we got eight penalties, and the response is, oh, you got seven set restarts. Like, yes. But we those happen in the same field position. Penalty is ball goes downfield, but two of those penalties were the two obstructions. Yes, and then there was other ones that were like, <laughs> like inarguable, like yes. dumping Cody Walker on his head, and yes. I don't know, I can't remember the other ones. Who gives a shit? Yeah, who gives a shit? Um, South won, and it's good that they did because they play Melbourne, Penrith, and Parramatta in three of their next four without like half their team. Yeah. So Elliot Whitehead was weirdly handy in the halves, by the way. <laughs> How'd they fall for that dummy? I don't know. But it, it was all right. It was all right. Played hours, fine. But, but yeah, I, don't, I, I have no idea. And I'm sure, and Raiders fans are there too. I've got no idea where to for the Raiders this year. It's like, so they've dropped now. Like they've have, they have Croker, Hodgson, and Papali out of the side. Papali will, t- obviously will come back. But like Hodgson and Croker aren't improving this team. But Chris and Scott were decent in this game, I thought. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right. That's it for this week. But uh, before we go, gonna do some rookie takes, Mitchell. Uh, congratulations to last week's winner. It was um that NRL big hits and fights and whatever else bullshit account for like I don't know defending Talakai, giving a man a concussion. So congratulations to you. You go into the final uh, this week. We got five finalists. And remember, if you want to submit a entry or vote uh, in our rookie takes competition, you must be a Patreon supporter. So go to patreon.com. Forward slash NRL boom rookies. First up, we've got Paul Crawley. The NRL has made some terrific changes in recent times, and the six again would be at the top of the list for many, given how we no longer have to spend Monday mornings talking about how the wrestle is ruining the game. But once, one they've got wrong is this ability for the bunker to come in over the top and take back a try after it has been awarded by the referee. The emotion that followed Young Cini's first, inverted commas, try was something to be celebrated. But then to have it taken away after numerous replays just ruins the moment, makes you wonder why they bothered changing the procedure in the first place. Yes, it was the right call, but wouldn't you rather just wait for the bunker to make the final decision before the on-field verdict is announced? Did you understand, Paul, that with the old rules, what are the they pl- checking? The players still celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they don't go, they don't score then go, oh, look, fellas, wait on. We'll, we'll wait till it goes upstairs. And after upstairs, we all jump. It's like, that never happens. The moment wasn't taken away. The moment is the same in both instances. But it's, they just, that old man, you're angry at bunker thing will never go away. Video technology thing. It never yeah. will. It, they hated it prior. Now they hate it now. So last year, he scores that try. The boys get up. They celebrate. Then the onto referee says, I've got no try and sends it to the bunker. Yes. And it's the same outcome. Exactly, exactly the same outcome. I don't get it. I, I don't yeah. understand it at all. They they like you want more bunker referrals? I actually that's the rule I actually like that rule change. I much prefer it the way it is now. So do I. But the and the, the wrestle being gone is such a laugh. If you actually watch the games, which many don't, but watch the ruck and you tell me it's gone, like you know, for example, there's a few teams really good at it, but there's watch next time you watch the Titans, watch how they're so instructed to turn the, bo- the the guy playing the ball's body around, upper body around when he, before he plays it. Every time they try and do it, they win in contact there. Everyone knows how much Penrith do it. 
the dragons love it now too. And that you've got to try and you wrestle to try and win anyway, but, but it's just as bad as it always was. And in some instances, I think it's worse, but whatever, like the wrestles being removed because of a six again rule, such a laugh. It's like, it's all perspective and optics. People to think it's gone because they want to think it's gone. Yeah. We got at League Weekly. Feel for the girls and young women prepping, propping up the virtue signaling pretense at Women's Super League today. Today's score is 90 0, 72 0, 44 0, 38 0. Hope all emerged unhurt and not too disheartened. Why? Where's the virtue signaling? Oh, but women's sporting exists to virtue signal, I guess. Oh, all right. Fair, fair enough then. I, I'll take it off the board. So, um, so, so the other half, so the ones that are winning. No, he feels for the ones that are losing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what his know. point is. Like, there's yeah. lots of lopsided results in competitions that are still growing. This has always been the case in everything. Yeah. In Whatever. Every but hey, it's virtue seeking to let women play sport, apparently. Cool. Um, we've debated back and forth whether this account is a piss take or not, but a few of our Knights listeners have said that it is not a piss take. Yeah. So I'm going to treat it in good faith as not a piss take. Keep that in mind. Uh, at Knights Rebuild. Uh, I think we need a new business model. Run with a cap at 75% so the club self-funds. Don't sign any outside players. Just be a pathways club for local players. No deals longer than two years. The coach is the winning coach from the previous year in the real NRL. I assume that's Newcastle Rugby League. No assistance. No player over 25. The best 10 players from the real NRL automatically get a one-year deal the following year. Condition has come from the local fitness industry on one-year deals. Keep slots open for regional players, Kiwis, and kids from regional Queensland. Let's be the club where kids get their shot at the big time. That way we clearly know we aren't winning a comp. We can be a feel-good club, and we can drop the pretense of being a genuine NRL team. The supporters will then be able to see exactly what we are getting. So he wants to be so Athletic he... Bill Bow, basically. I thought but it was instead a of bats, take it it's, first. It's Newcastle people. Nova Castrians. Oh, we didn't talk about Nathan Ross, by the way. We probably should have. Yeah, but Newcastle fans now, there's something about them when when they when they're losing football games now. Like, just I don't know. They went off their deep at the deep end in that game, and it was the whole thing about, oh well, you know, when Brownie did this, we wanted him gone. And whether you believe in Adam Adam O'Brien or not, it's only been a year and eight rounds. Like you guys were eating up Brownie's garbage and the whole club's garbage not putting pressure on all of them there about blaming Wayne for like four years maybe you can give Adam a bit more than a year and a tiny bit maybe I don't know I don't know if I've ever seen a fan base so focused on their prior coaches and I know yeah. I'm still focused on the Seawell but I like blaming the overall club for a lot of the Brisbane yeah, stuff yeah they're obsessed really. with both Wayne Bennett and Nathan Brown yeah um, it's just weird but like short short and sweet one here from uh, Jamie Soward Asako might be the best ever fullback the Broncos have ever had and then he told people to calm down in the replies when they got angry at him. It's like, what? Dan Lockyer, Carmichael Hunt, fuck yeah. him. It's all about yeah. Jermaine Azarko. Uh, this last one's just, mate. This last one's really long. Did Sean Berrigan ever play fullback? Uh, probably. He yeah. played everywhere else. Exactly. Um, this is from uh, the NRL subreddit. Uh, Most Gauche, also a Knights fan. Uh, it's in the comments uh, about a story. I think it's a story about Latrell Mitchell speaking out against racism on social media. Oh, this is already going down a bad path. It is. Um, <laughs> oh, bear with me. So this guy kicks someone in the head, does multiple dirty hits on people, and now is taking a stand. Next time, take a stand and walk away, mate. Can apply that to the fucking internet as well. Can't believe this guy acts like he cares about anything other than himself. Hence, spelt with an S instead of a C, why he only takes a stand against issues that make him look sort of okay. Just remember, kid, people don't attack 
and insult Latrell because he's Aboriginal. They do it because he's an arrogant, rich pain in the ass, and they will say whatever they know will hurt him. So that just happens to be his race or heritage. <laughs> Into context, oh my God. we shouldn't make fun of Cherry Evans' neck because that's his genetics and that's his heritage. So anyone who supports Latrell also supports hating on Cherry Evans' neck. Pretty convenient that he finds some racist after he takes an imagined dump. Also, the fact that Fittler apparently has a no dickhead policy, trying to source some good boy points so he can play Origin. You see, he just bought a house for his mother. He's such a good boy, guys. Now he needs that Origin money now. Next season, I hear he's planning on breaking Pap's leg. We'll need to take down five racists and a Karen in one fend. Actually, the best idea for Latrell at this point is to buy Sheila Valley, get a sponsorship from Fortescue Medals to build a big iron statue of himself. He can have a position taking a dump on his dreams of ever winning a premiership without Tedesco. So this wins, right? That's that might win the whole year. Yeah. What the hell? Like, how did someone say that without it being downvoted to hell or being? It did. No, it did. It, I, when I I went and found it, it, it had like a hundred downvotes when I saw it. So um, did he pull in the middle of that rant? The you're, <laughs> I don't hate you because you're Aboriginal. You're black. Sorry, you're Aboriginal because I hate you. Like, yeah. Well, no. Basically, <laughs> the point the that he made is like racists only racially abuse Latrell because it's the thing that will upset him the most, which he thought was a good point. It's like he's salient point. He's like tip of the cap to me. I've done it again. Like what? I don't know where to start on that. I listeners, if if you don't, if that doesn't wit, come on. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I, I never understand people can't separate that. Like prick on the field, aggressive guy. You know, doesn't mean he can't buy his mother a house. I'm just saying. Like that's a that's a long bow. <laughs> like, I I don't know what oh. to say. I I really don't. Oh God! Well, and I read it. It's one of the worst places on the internet. So that is I'm true. Surprised by that, like, oh, but oh, I don't know. Uh, that, that has. To, I don't know how that has to win the whole year now. I think I've heard the winning submission. Well, look, we've got, we've, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll never know. We always think that things can't get any worse, and then they do. So we, we did speak about. We said we want to try and get the winner on the podcast. Uh, like, I don't want that guy. No, I'm to say, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want him to justify Look, I, I know at the start of the year, we we kind of said we wouldn't do things that were in like bad taste because they're not in the spirit of the game. This is somehow ties the line between being extremely bad taste, but also so stupid that it still makes me laugh. Yeah. it's exactly. You can't racially abuse Latrell Mitchell because Daily Chair Evans has a long neck. Yeah, exactly. He was born with that long neck. and But he, but he said, though, you're allowed to say it to trail because he's a bad boy oh, i just don't understand um he's a good boy I'd like to give a special shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our patreon go to patreon.com for us if you'd like to vote in our rookie takes or submit your own rookie takes for next week we've got discord popping as well lots of stuff going on there um and the uh the meetup we're just about well i mean we're over capacity for the for the live meetup at magic round i had to call the bar and um ask for our space to be expanded so that's a good sign but yeah, if you want to come along, message us on Twitter or hit us up wherever else you know us from. Um, the more the merrier. Look, what's a couple more people? COVID's done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've just declared it's done. <laughs> it's over. Um, so thank you to Dave, Carlo Tyson, Stu. Welcome back. Wayne Ritchie, Ando, Ben Wallace, Big Chief 69, Blake Moretti, Butsy, Cam Bearswick, Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg. An anonymous backer, Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jack Snape, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, Razor, Reese Brown, uh, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, the greatest among us player of all time. How dare you, Jeremy? Uh, the not so mature age student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick Ahern. I respect the spite of a man 
who I don't think has ever listened to the show before, becoming a patron just so I would have to read out that he's the greatest Among Us player of all time when he knows full well that I think I am the greatest Among Us player So is that, is that, why, he, is that why he did it? I assume so. Also to insult M in the Discord for Sam Walker takes. Yes, that, yeah. the kid. <laughs> the kid. The kid. God. M the kid. M the she kid she might win rookie takes just for that soliloquy yes. about Sam Walker, to be honest. Actually, let's, let's get her. T- uh, we're going to make some t-shirts. The kid is one of them now. Yeah. <laughs> get M's right. the, the kid t-shirt. Uh, we did it. We've come to the end of another show. Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to support us, as I said, patreon.com forward slash Elbow Rookies. Use the code BoomRookies at Manscaped. Dot com. Uh, just give us an iTunes review or just listen. Tell your friends to listen. I don't give a shit. It's fine. We're just here. We're just here for you guys. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. It's goodbye from me. <laughs>